Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Man on the Post Weekend Review. My name is Dave, and tonight I'm joined by one man and one man only, and it's Simon O'Regan. How are you, sir? I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you? I am over the moon. No, I, I wonder what, 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 what I could be. No idea. It's because it's, it's you and me, finally. We've got, <laughs> we've, got the, we've got those other ones out the way, and it's now just time for Dave and Simon. Time for us to well, what some would call the people's choice. <laughs> I'll take that. Well, we'll see. We'll see how many uh, how many complaints we get. <laughs> we do the analysis. It's like, hello and welcome to Man the Post. It's Dave here. Oh, it's not Ali. See you later. <laughs> anyway, um, we've had great weekends. Um, someone who didn't have as good a weekend, we'll get this out of the way first and foremost. We'll start with the Saturday games um, and we'll do alphabetical order because... That's what I'm looking at in a bit of paper. Palace nil, Fulham nil. Um, good news, Roy Hodgson is back in the dugout. Great news, Palace is still Palace. Um, <laughs> do you have anything to add on a nil-nil draw? Um, no. Funny <laughs> bluntly, I, 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 vague, I must have watched the highlights. Uh, no, I, I, I'm, think, <laughs> I'm thinking the same. I remember. I remember the closing credits of Match of the Day, so I must have seen this, but... <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I couldn't tell you anything of notes that happened. All, all I can say is that uh, Sam Johnson got me seven points in my fantasy team. Well, good for Sam Johnson. I mean, even better for him, because they spent all that money on Dean Henderson for no real reason. Like, they've just signed <laughs> now that England's number three and England's number four, so I mean, I think things are really looking up. I mean, how, how, how much did they spend on Henderson? Oh, oh I, I, I have no idea. Like, but I mean, probably yeah. not not an insignificant amount, I would say. Yeah, like, I've got, I mean, I may have completely made this up, but the figure of around 20 million seems to, to jump out to, to my mind. And you no, know, Henderson's, a, I think, a pretty decent keeper. I, I think Sam Johnson's a pretty decent keeper as well. Yeah, the, it seems it's like, just um, a totally... Un- could have been better spent. Well, as we talked about in the preview part, it's like Roy's got, you know what? You know what's wrong with this team and the squad? Quieter, right? You, sir, <laughs> shave those sideburns. Get rid of that stupid, <laughs> stupid bleach blonde hair. You're a grown man, for God's sake. <laughs> and that's what they've done. They've just jetsoned him and they've gone, what we need is two solid English goalkeepers. None of this Spanish malarkey. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, those two will fight bare-chested to the death for the number one shirt, I assume. As such as Roy's, <laughs> such as Roy's custom, and uh, and Ray Lewin will ref in his shorts because he again is a very old man who just likes wearing shorts all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's yeah. I I I think we'd be much we'd be much better off just talking about Roy and Ray than Crystal Palace themselves, to be honest, because they're so insignificant. Yeah, yeah. 
So let's leave that where it is uh, and go to somewhere, well, only, only slightly less insignificant this week. Uh, Luton Town 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers 1. Uh, Luton's first Premier League point, and it came courtesy of a Carlton Morris penalty um, after Pedro Neto scored for Wolves. Um, he is the only talented man in that Wolves squad, I'm fairly certain. Um, and they've signed a man who got sent off and, by all accounts, is batshit mental. <laughs> do you have any? Do you have anything to say about this wonderful Premier League encounter? Um, I mean, from from what I saw, Luton, I think were probably unlucky not to come away with all three points. I I thought they were the better team um, from sort of the highlights I saw. But then, having said that, the goal that they did get, which gave them the points, it should never, never, ever in a million years have been a penalty. I I saw. Oh. Um, I saw Gary O'Neill on, I saw his Sky Sports News interview actually um, on Soccer Saturday just after the game. And I've got to say, I, I, no, I, I, I quite like Gary O'Neill actually. I, I quite warm to him and I, I thought he was remarkably calm considering, you know, he's already had one horrific penalty decision not go his way on the opening day of the season. <laughs> to have another one, I, I kind of, I actually thought he spoke really calmly and well about it like he was even saying in the interview you know if if the ball has just gone hit his hands without the deflection off his foot he'd have been like yeah fair enough his hand is high i'd have accepted that but i i I thought they were really unlucky to have have lost out in that way i say i disagree because i think that the ball hitting the foot in the hand is like a cop out like sometimes it's right like you know if if the hand's not necessarily in in, in a natural position, but you can't have your hand there where it was. Like it's almost like two separate things. Like yeah, but the rule is meant to be, or certainly what what he was saying that um, you know that they've been told is that the the rule was if it deflects off a body part onto the hands, then as the rules are, that a penalty shouldn't have been awarded there. So I mean, I I get I agree with your point. Your hand is that high, you kind of ask him for trouble, but. Uh, you know, the letter of the law, I, I thought they were a bit unfortunate, really. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I haven't read it, to be honest, the letter of the law, and obviously, you know, mm. Newcastle didn't get a penalty last season for that, uh, I think we talked about last week, Kivio, with the yeah. thigh on the hand, and I get it with those ones, because it's such a small gap, uh, like, distance for the ball to travel between the deflection and the, and the handball, but in this case, the hand, I don't know what he was doing with his hand, I mean, I guess that's the problem, like, it's, it's the most unnatural position possible. Um, so I kind of have a, a limited amount of sympathy with that, but uh, who knows? Um, obviously, they gave the pen on the field and then didn't overturn it, which, uh, you know, if something as obvious as what it might have been, then I would have thought it would have been overturned. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I suppose, that's a, I suppose it's just as... as What's always the frustration from fans is the lack of consistency in decisions, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, but um, I mean, for Luton, you know, I suppose at least they finally got off the mark with the points. But you kind of, I, I just, I don't think there's been any anything that I've seen in these opening six or seven games, or however many we played, that that there's any evidence that could convince me that Luton will stay up this season. I mean, they, 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 that was a game of the weekend that they should they should have won when you look at sort of the game itself. But they're, like, they're the fixtures, home to Wolves, if your team battling down there, you've got to be taking three points from that. Yeah, I think 
as you said there, I mean, he can't play what was it, an entire half against 10 men from, from, yeah. a, from a nil-nil starting point and, uh, and, and not take a win. Because let's be honest, Wolves are going to be down there, probably in the bottom five, we're being generous, if not maybe lower. Um, I agree with you, actually. I quite like Gary O'Neill. I don't think he sets out his teams badly. And I thought he worked wonders with, with the Bournemouth team, really. Oh, gotcha. um, so it's not, you know, maybe the joke appointment some people may know to be, but uh, I still think that Wolf squad is uh, poor at best. <coughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, the lad Neto is probably the only... <laughs> Yeah, he is a really good player, you know, I think, because um, he's, he's had a couple of big injuries, hasn't he? So, they've, yeah. you know, he's, he's not been around for a while, and I would suspect if he's sort of back to full fitness now, and he can get back to the level he was at and improve even further, because I still think he's quite young, I, I suspect he won't be around there for, for too much longer either. No, you do feel like he's kind of <laughs> proven his fitness, uh, and then... Yeah. Another club may well be in from, because um, if he gets back to where he was, he could play for pretty much any of the Premier League sides, with the exception yeah. of maybe like the top two or three. But um, if, for example, he would fit straight in Man United's team, he'd be immediately be their best right winger. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, yeah. But who knows? Um, so t- a point didn't really do either team any favours, but I suppose Wolves will take it on the road. Um, next up was was Man City 2, Nottingham Forest 0. Now, this was looking like it was going to be a classic City route um, until Rodri became Sergio Bob. Um, <laughs> how did you see this one? Yeah, I mean, like you say, when after 14 minutes it's 2-0, and you, yeah, you do think, and yeah, this 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 could be like a 5, 6, 7, one, you know, one of those games that City throw in two or three times a year. Um but yeah, like you know, Rodri had his his moment of madness. I, I don't. I've seen it a couple of times. I I still can't really work out what happens that made him so angry. Yeah, he really didn't enjoy Gibbs White giving him a bit of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just it's ridiculous. I mean, the way Gibbs White goes down is pathetic, mm-hmm. but. That, that's just it's, it's just what footballers do isn't it um, it was absolute stupidity from Rodri and I, th- I think now from right that he's going to miss their game against Arsenal which yeah. you know that's that's a big loss because I think I think, I think um, Paul Merson on Soccer Saturday was, was saying that for him Rodri's probably City's most important player now you can look at obviously someone like Haaland and with the goals that he scores and, and make a case for him. But I, I think he's actually got a point about Roger. I think he's oh, such, uh, such an important job for them, doesn't he? Yeah, no, I actually agree with Merton on that one. I mean, if Haaland got injured for any great period of time, there would be a drop-off. But Alvarez would, would go in that position and he would score probably maybe maybe 75% of the chances that Haaland would mm. score. Because, I mean, Haaland hasn't been clinical this season. I know he's got a number of goals, but he, he misses, like, five big chances a match. Like, yeah. it's, uh, I mean, you know, let's not get into Erling Haaland. He's obviously very fucking good, <laughs> but, like, you know, um, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, nothing... Well, I, I, yeah, I suppose, like, the, the point is that, like, you know, I think you make those, you know, take Haaland out, City still will create a shitload of chances. <laughs> yes. That, 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 will, that will be put away by, by somebody. <laughs> 
I know on Pepe he'd play like John Stones up front. He'd be like, you know what, everyone else keep doing what they're doing. Stonesy, get in the number nine position. And it would just work. They'd make it work. It'd yeah. be fine. Well, they, they won the league two years ago without a centre-forward, didn't they? That's true, yeah. <laughs> um, so no but Rodri. But Rodri, like Calvin Phillips is a good player, but, well, one, he can't possibly be match fit. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's barely played for years. Um, Kovacic come in, do you think? Um... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not really the same. I, mean, I suppose Phillips is the closest to him in terms of like he'll sit and protect the back four, but Rodri gives him so much more than that. Yeah. Um, as you say, he's he's a brute, really. Like he's uh, he's so athletic and obviously so good at what he does. Um, he's very hard to replace, and it may well be that they have to put two in there to make one Rodri. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, but, uh... I mean, I mean, I'm delighted because I was. Dreading him playing against us on Wednesday night because <laughs> Pep treats the Carabao Cup like it's his child. Like he, he, <laughs> like he plays a full strength team wherever he can, um, and now we can't play Rodri, which is nice. And I'd like to think he won't play Haaland in such a meaningless game, but he probably will, and he'll score all the goals. But he might not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might might just be Alvarez that you have to deal with. Well, exactly. Either way, like Pep's doing, <laughs> Pep, Pep's doing as usual in the press, being like, well. I think I'll have to play the children. And it's like, <laughs> no, what, what that means is you'll have a bench full of children who won't play. It's all there two or three up. Well, well exactly. But there's another thing you do. Like, the, the squad's really stretched at the minute. And I'll make, oh. I'll make no subs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, he, I mean, he always comes out with just pure horseshit like that, doesn't he? Yeah, oh, I, I hate him. Like, I'm sure he's great for football or something, but... God, he's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> he is. As are his team. You know, they're just annoyingly good. They've won yeah. every match. And they're like... Let's be honest. We were talking about Rodri's going to be a miss for the Arsenal game. And he will, but it's not going to make a blind bit of difference to them winning the league. <laughs> uh, no, if anything, he'll just come back rested and stronger. <laughs> That's something to look forward to, isn't it? Um, but it might at least make that Arsenal game competitive, I suppose. Um, yeah, but he, as you said, he's he's like the the go-to man. He's uh, he plays pretty much every game. He, he's he's a clutch player. Obviously, scored the Champions League final goal. Um, seems to cop up with a lot of important goals, which isn't a coincidence. Like he's just that yeah. kind of player, isn't he? Um, so, be interesting to see how they get on in one of the well, probably their biggest game of the season. The way it's going, um, without him anyway. Um, Forrest. Obviously, we're given a bit of a lifeline by that red card and maybe should have had a goal back on the balance of play in the second half, but not to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those... I think before the game, they go there thinking you know, we'd probably take a 2-0 defeat. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, probably a bit of a missed opportunity. But I suppose, from their point of view, that's maybe like a sign of progression that... That a team like that, that Forest think that all oh, that is a missed opportunity for them to maybe not get something in the second half. Whereas last season, even against ten men, they probably still think, yeah, okay, we'll we'll just we'll accept having keeping it at two. The fact that they're maybe a little bit disappointed. Obviously, they went up to Old Trafford and were you know didn't get anything and probably should have come away with something. So it's signs of good progress. And I kind of the start of the season when we were doing our predictions, I, I don't think I predicted them to go down, but I think 
I thought that they, they could be struggling. And, you know, we're only six games in. They, they may still end up struggling, but they've, they seem to be a lot more a lot more settled than I maybe thought they would have done, given they had another big turnaround of players. Yeah, I quite like them, really. They've got a lot of uh, you know, decent players. Um, and obviously their home form is generally good. Um, <clears throat> but then they're throwing like a, a draw home to Burnley on Monday, and you think, well, yeah. that's, that's the type of game you'd expect them to win. Um, but I think, I think they've got like 14th players written all over them, to be honest. I think they're, uh, I think they're good enough at home to get by. Um, their away form's never been great, but then again, they won at Stamford Bridge. But yeah. who doesn't? So. Yeah. <laughs> well, they 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 seem to be again. It's early days, but coping relatively okay with with Brennan Johnson not being there anymore as well. Like that could have had more of an impact. Yeah. Than to have at the moment. I think it helps that like Hudson Odoi looks like he's still a still a decent yes. decent player. Um and uh, Alanga. Um, I think it's got a lot of potential if it can give them a run of games. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's a good point, actually. It's like, Johnson, obviously, that is a loss because he was very good for them. But they've signed two quick, decent players mm-hmm. out on the wing to improve that first team and kept hold of Gibbs White as well. So, yeah, but, uh, I, I think they'll end up being relatively comfortable again this season. I think so. I don't think they'll ever be brilliant, but uh, I think they'll just they'll just take over, and they're nowhere near as bad as some others, <laughs> shall we say? So, yes. <laughs> um, so the evening game, or the early evening games, it was this week, it gave us probably the surprise result of the weekend, um, in terms of physical results, anyway. Um, <laughs> Brentford one, Everton three. Um, I really didn't see this coming. Um, Everton scoring three goals and Carl's not here to tell us all about it. So c- can you do any better? I mean, I, I think that that statement you just made now, I, I really didn't see this coming. I think you can apply that to 60 odd million people in this country. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not in a million years would I predict that if ever there was a coupon buster this weekend, it was this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've, and I've got to say, I, I, I thought Everton were, were well worthy of that win mm-hmm. as well. Um, yep. You know, the, the first half, the first sort of 20 minutes, half an hour especially, I, I thought they were really, really good. Um, Brentford's weren't at their best, um, but you, you've got to got to capitalise on that. And, you know, like you said, scoring three goals, it's, uh, it's not something you, you associate with Everton in, in recent times. Calvert-Lewin... Um, coming off the bench and getting a goal, doing his confidence in the world of good. So I was, I was, I was, I was really, really surprised. But I thought Everton were were well worthy of this victory. Yeah, they played it brilliantly. Did you um, did you watch match of the day on Saturday night? I did. Yes. How would you describe James Tarkovsky's performance in one word? Oh, because um... <laughs> Martin Keown said it about twenty times during his analysis. <laughs> It must have slipped my mind. Dominant. He dominant. was dominant. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought he had a good game. Well, <laughs> uh, well yeah, but he was dominant. So. <laughs> Great. Um, I, Everton were, I think it was described as being at the out Brentford to Brentford, which is probably a bit of a disservice because I thought Everton just played it well. Um, Decore, um when he can be asked, it's a bit of a handful. Um, 
and the Saints have got him in this position now where they're just going to play as like the most advanced for midfield three. Um, yeah, which allows I've him. Always to, quite liked him, to be honest. He's just not consistent enough. Like I remember he was yeah. at Watford. Like there was games where you think like he's as good as anyone in the league, like on his day. But um, his day doesn't seem to come around that often. Um, yeah, was, I mean, he took his goal really well and almost scored. Yeah, like, well, like identical one really. That's it. And uh, Beto, the striker of heaven. Um, I quite like him, but I, I don't know why. Like he's he's a handful. He's very raw, isn't he? But like he's. Yeah. Um, He's, in, in many ways, he's like well, he's what they've needed because he's a bit of everything. Um, obviously, when Calvert Lewin's not there, he's, he's obviously not Neil Mope, which is a massive plus. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's you know he's a willing runner and he's a bit of a bit of a battering ram, but he's not quite filled out yet, so he's probably got a bit more to go on that. But he's he, he's got cult hero written all over him, so I hope he, uh, I hope yeah. he continues to, to there's, achieve. There's definitely, definitely like potential with him there. It's, it's just it's you know it's going over old grounds, but it's, if you can keep Calvert Lewin fit, which you know is is obviously no one's ever been able to do. But <laughs> if you if you could get a fully fit Calvert Lewin for the majority of the season with Beto as well, then you then you start to think, and you know if you can get Decore having more days like that than than you know he had against us or Arsenal last week, for example, then they'll probably. You know, not not pull up any trees, a bit like Forest, but we'll make you know we'll give themselves a pretty decent chance of staying up. Oh yeah, I mean there's a blueprint there, isn't there? You've got Calvert Lewin or Beto, you've got um, Decore, you've got Anana who's a decent hand, you've got um, McNeil, you've got um, Jack Harrison still to come back in. Uh, James Garner, James Garner is a tidy footballer as well. He's um, he had a good game, I thought here. Um, so there's, there's enough there to, uh, to to build on. It's just, as I say, getting them all fit and motivated seems to be the issue. But there's, it's maybe not as doom and gloom as, as we've seen in some weeks. Um, <laughs> but, and again, when Ashley Young is your right back and you're getting booked after something like 30 seconds, you, yeah. can, kind, you can kind of see why Carl is uh, pulling his hair, well, I'll say pulling his hair out. It's a bit late for that, but... Sorry, sorry. Yeah. May, may that joke to you is pointless, but still... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I suppose the the one thing you would say is the two of the goals came from set pieces, which is you know obviously great and it's it's a good quality to have, but it's going to be difficult to score two set piece goals every single week. They, I still think they're going to struggle in terms of creating chances as the season goes on. So that, yeah. that would still be a concern, but it's to to get that. To get that, that's the first win of the season, wasn't in the league. Um, I think so, yeah. So to, yeah, so to, to finally, you know, sort of get that monkey off their back, that should hopefully, from their point of view, give them a bit of confidence going into the next run of games anyway, before the international break. You know, they, I think they can try and, if they can get maybe another victory or, you know, just go undefeated at least until the international break in the league then they've got something to build on, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you make anything of Thomas Frank going on Monday Night Football, explaining his tactics, and then having this night in shock of his performance? Um, I don't know. Quite possibly. I, I think, it, as well as Everton played, and they did play well, I thought Brentford were, were really poor as well. And mm. I mean, you've got, obviously, if a team's playing poorly... You've still got to play well and capitalise on that, but but Brentford they did have. I think it was just a combination of them having an off day, which 
I'm going to be kind and say that's just a coincidence and that <laughs> happened a few days after Thomas Frank was on the Monday Night Football telling everyone how he does things. Hi, <laughs> well, um, very silly Thomas Frank. Um, I, I just don't like him. I'm, I'm kind of kind of <laughs> kind of pleased he got done over. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't dislike Brentford at all. I just don't like him. But anyway, um, yeah. On to. Uh, Saturday night's fair, which was Burnley nil, Man United won. Um, I didn't see much of this other than the highlights. Um, from what I've heard, Burnley were quite good for a bit, didn't score, and then Bruno Fernandes scored a rather good goal. Um, and that was that. What do you make of this one? Yeah, well, I mean, like yourself, I, I, I didn't watch it live because I'm not going to lie, I've got better things to do on a Saturday night than watch Burnley against All right. United. Lardy, da <laughs> Mr. Social. Um, yeah, so I, I just watched, watched the highlights myself. Yeah, the, the Burnley, they, they were pretty decent. I thought, um, I was always, from like a Villa point of view, I was, I was keen to have a look at Aaron Ramsey, who obviously mm. we sold to them and uh, we've got a buyback option on him. And he, he looked pretty decent, actually. I thought he had a, he had a pretty good game. Um, Manu, yeah, the, to be fair, as much as I hate Bruno Fernandes, and I don't like to give him praise, it was a really, really good goal. I would say, though, it, it's, for me... It's kind of typical Bruno Fernandes, though. He's a flat-track bully, in my mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, against against the weaker teams in the league, he he will get goals, because he, he has got quality about them. There's no doubt about that. But um, he, he rarely produces stuff like that in the big games that actually matter for them. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it was a game that I kind of think... This is maybe this is probably a, a comment really on just how poor United have been and how much they've fallen over the years. I kind of looked at this as this is an opportunity for Burnley to get their first win of the season, really. Hmm. Um, and and I think really their fans probably would have looked at you know this is actually a decent opportunity for us. I just uh, I worry about them. Um, so one of one of my uh, best friends. Who, who lives around the corner? Um, I was went over to to theirs the other week. <coughs> She's a Burnley fan. Uh, like last week, I was chatting to her. Like you know, how how do you feel about how the season's gone on? And we're kind of chatting, saying you know they've they've had in ice. Okay, so you look at them in isolation. They've well, played five games, drawn one, <coughs> lost four. All four of them are at home. That obviously doesn't look good. <laughs> when you add some context to it, those four home defeats have been against Man City, Villa, Tottenham and Man United. So like they're, they're kind of games that I wouldn't necessarily expect them to, certainly not to win. You know, maybe they'd have looked at Spurs and us and thought we could get a point at home. So it's, it's difficult to, to judge them maybe not necessarily on the results they've had so far however like she was saying that she uh, kind of she expects it or hopes that you know things will just click but that's um that's a bit of a, that's i don't know that, that, that seems like a, a lot to expect that you know you like put a lot of faith in things that would eventually click i don't know how you feel about that no, I mean, the problem is that um, the more you obviously don't win, the further on the table you get. So by the time you get to these supposedly more winnable matches, the pressure is like tenfold. Yeah. Um, 
and you know Burnley might stand up to it. I, I don't know. Um, company, he's obviously he was a mentality monster as a, as a player to borrow a phrase from from Klopp, but uh, whether that transpires in his management, I, I really don't know. Um, there's obviously a, a quality issue there where they haven't maybe got the best players in the league by any means. Um, and they're obviously sticking to their guns, which is, you know, we're going to play out, we're going to do it our way, which is in many ways good to see. But uh, as we've said before, like they keep getting caught playing out. No, they didn't this week. Um, yeah. But but it will keep happening, I imagine. It's like um, whenever Norwich used to come up, and it'd be like, oh yeah, it's, isn't it great that they're sticking to their principles? You know, they're, they're going to play their way. They always got relegated at the end of the <laughs> season. Like, it's, I, I do get from like a, a managerial point of view that you have your set way of playing and and you want to sit to that. And you know, we, I mean, like from Villa's perspective, we've we've been caught out, you know, like against yourselves and Liverpool at, uh, earlier on in the season, but but sticking to that, we'll know this is how we're going to play. So you kind of, part of me does like it when a manager is like that. But I think, I think if you're a team like Burnley, who don't have much, if any, real Premier League experience in that starting lineup, I think you, you can't stick wholeheartedly to that philosophy. I think you've got, there's got to be an element of compromise. And, and do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think compromise is the, is the key in there because they can't expect you all of a sudden they're going to go, I don't know, Route 1. And if they haven't got the place yeah. for that, then you know, it's just not going to work, is it? So um, they're just going to take sort of less risks, um, certainly play from the back sometimes. Um, but it also probably gives them a lot of uh, a lot of their best player um, when, when they actually play from the back and it works. So they'll stick with it. If they go down... They'll probably be in a better position to come back rather than having to learn another style of play for next season or whatever. So um, we'll we'll see how it goes for them. But as you say, they've had a tough start. Um, not the easiest what, games for them. What 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 do we what what are our thoughts on Johnny Evans having an assist for Manchester United in the oh, twenty twenty three? It's incredible. I mean, he, <laughs> he's a good he's a good defender in his in his day, but I mean, he's a. Uh, his day has passed, I think. Um, <laughs> I, I can't imagine Ten Hag had envisaged him playing that often um, when he brought him yeah. back. Um, but such is the case with uh, with various uh, injuries and stuff he, he's in. And, uh, you know, he's, um, he's, he's he's played well here. Um, he could, he, he, was his goal disallowed? For... It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just like yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you. I think he he was a he was a, you know pretty pretty good Premier League defender, but it it's it just it seems odd that a team that has spent the best part of a billion pounds in the last ten years have got the Leicester centre back partnership from six years oh, ago. That's what doesn't make any sense, does it? Really. Um... Well, let's move on to Sunday. Um, so we'll start with your game. Um, you went to Chelsea and you won one nil. Yeah, I mean, as, as I uh, said in the WhatsApp group, to be honest, 
I just, I, I, I fully expected us to, to go and win that game. Um, Chelsea are, are just an absolute mess at the moment. Um, but from our point of view, I, I thought I thought we probably deserved it. To be honest, we um, the you know the, the first half we had a, a couple of chances. Luca Dean and Zaniolo had some brilliant brilliant uh, efforts at goal. Which, to be fair to to Sanchez in, in the Chelsea goal, he, he made some brilliant saves from them. Chelsea had a goal disallowed for offside, so. Just yeah, <laughs> that that there's no no two ways about that. That that was off, and that was probably their only real chance in that first half to do anything. Well, Nicholas Jackson had one, I think he was put through by uh, by Mudrick. Martinez made a really really good save, to be fair. But but Nicholas Jackson, uh, I I do not understand what what they're doing with having having signed him in the summer. Um, they know the second half, obviously the red cards certainly helped us out. Um, I think I've seen quite a few complaints from Chelsea fans that 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 uh, Gusto won the ball. For me, he he kind of clips the top of the ball, but then completely goes over the top and nearly snaps Luka Dean's ankle off. So I, I don't really understand how they have any complaints about that record. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts were on the records. Yeah, I think when I first saw it, I thought that looked soft, but when you actually look at where he's made contact with, with Dini, it's, um, you can't really argue with it being a red card. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that, that, that's how I saw it. And then, obviously, once they went down to 10 men, kind of helped us out, the game opened up a little bit. Finally, he's got his first league goal of the season. Um, obviously, I, I took him out of my fantasy team on Friday huh. day. No, in, in the full knowledge, in the full knowledge that he was going to score, so I, I did do it for the great good. <laughs> um, and hopefully, hopefully that'll uh, that'll that'll put him on uh, a nice little run now. But we 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 had to defend well at times. Uh, we relied. You know, Emmy Martinez made two or three. Well, so I so I didn't watch the game live. I'd just seen the highlights of it. When, but following the updates on Twitter, I was under the impression that he made like three absolutely stunning <laughs> saves. And when, and when I saw them, their saves are, I, I just think because he's that good a keeper, I would expect him to make those saves. You know, if if a lesser keeper, you know, someone like an Anana, for example, had made those saves, <laughs> I, I'd be more impressed. But um, no, for me, they're just standard heavy saves. Um, Paul Torres had a really good game. Esri Konza was outstanding. I mean, I've said this a few times over the years. I, I cannot understand how he's not had any sort of luck in, in the England squads, but um, that's a debate for another day. And Bubikar Kamara had his best game of the season. He, he's, he hasn't started brilliantly this year, but he, he was back to his best. And, and him and Dougie, who, I mean, Douglas Louise, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the Premier League. Like, I, I, I genuinely think he could play for anyone in, in that league. He's not going to play. Uh, him and Kamara completely dominated the midfields. And, yeah, we, we, we got, got the three points, much needed after the disappointment on Thursday night. But, like I said, I, I fully expected us to go and win that game. Chelsea, I just, I, I do not understand. I, I don't understand that football club. Like, none of it makes sense. And I, I don't know how... 
they've spent the money they've spent and you looked at the two benches and the, the difference in quality between the two benches. And actually, I'm going to say it, the, the two starting 11s, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't know who half of their players are. No. Nicholas Jackson, I, I cannot for the life of me work out why they signed him. Like, he's... Like, I, I think I've, I've said it before a couple of weeks ago, they disp- dropped the best part of 250 million on Fernandez, Caicedo and uh, Lavio in their midfield. And then just as I did to only spend £30 million on a 22-year-old striker who's only scored 18 goals in his entire career. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I think the plan was to back up to Uncunku, wasn't it? But uh, he got packed in, uh, in pre-season and it seemingly has caused a bigger issue than anyone could ever imagine because uh, <laughs> Jackson's got, what, five yellow cards now, all for complaining, basically, yeah. which, is, uh, which is impressive. Um, oh, well, he's, he's yellow card against us. Like, it's, I mean, we all know Amy Martinez is probably <laughs> the goat of shithousery. He, the, the length of time he can take over goal kicks and free kicks is astonishing. However... He can bloody move when he wants to, because when he saw Nicholas Jackson standing in front of that free kick, he gathered <laughs> it off him to give him that yellow card. Well, <laughs> it's unbelievable. And why not? <laughs> um, Chelsea's uh, form is a disaster. Um, no matter which way you look at it, um, the lads in the WhatsApp group were just talking about this before, where there's something like six wins in 38. I mean, you know, some of that yeah. was, was, was Lampardy, but uh, still... You can't look past the fact that they haven't been good for a long time now. Um, and uh, as much as we keep thinking, you know, Pochettino's going to sort this out. How long do you think he has um, before Todd pulls the trigger? I don't know. I, I don't think much longer because this idea that um, they, that he was going to go in and it would all be wonderful straight away. I never subscribed. I think in in the the previous show that we did, I I said there's so many issues at that football club. But for me, like when they appointed Graham Potter, logic would dictate that a manager like that, and considering the amount of money spent and the amount of signings made, that it would have to be a long-term project and you'd have to pull up with some short-term pain. But they obviously decided, no, what would be much better for us would be to get Frank Lampard back in <laughs> charge of this lot. So Todd Bowley's mental. I mean, I love it. He's like my favourite man in football and I never, ever, ever want him to leave. But you, honestly, I've no idea. He, he would genuinely would not surprise me. Pochettino was gone by the end of November. And like, I just... You talk about the run of form that they've had, you know, over a long period of time. I don't think they're going to be involved in a relegation battle, but it, I would not be shot if they finished in the bottom half of the table or around ninth or tenth again this season. Because I just think there's so, so, so many problems with their that their squad of players at that club. Yeah, you're right, and. Uh such a huge turnover players as well they're always going to take time to gel and uh, a lot of them aren't fit either so obviously you know Lavia hasn't hasn't featured yet Um, Caicedo sort of in and out with various injuries Um, the bizarre situation with their fullbacks um, where Chilwell 
is like the vice captain, but can't get in the team ahead of Mudrick for some reason. <laughs> so, so Carl will go play left back. Like, I, I, I don't understand any of this nonsense. Like, yeah. surely, I mean, uh, that's beyond me. Um, and the, the, the thing that that I kind of annoys me as well is you know when when you hear you know different pundits and sort of you know other podcasts or whatever talking about Chelsea, the thing you always hear is you know they've got really good players in that squad. It's just not working. Just because you spend a lot of money on mm. the footballer doesn't make that footballer a good footballer. No, I think that's that's very <laughs> that's very true and. Uh, Tiago Silva seems to be sat around there thinking, like, what, what am I involved in here? Like, I'm sure he's leaving his number around, like Saudi Arabian princes and stuff. Be like, what? come on. <laughs> when, when, they were, when they had their fire sale in the summer to Saudi Arabia, he must, he must have been on the phone to his missus going, pack your bags, love, we're, uh, we're out of here. Well, someone of his distinct, his distinguished career doesn't want to finish with like whatever this is. <laughs> oh God, no. It's, uh, I mean, what, what, do you, what, what do you think about Potts? Do you, do you think they'll pull the trigger if things don't improve quickly? Or no, I think that I think that well, I personally would stick with them. Um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I would, for yeah. for as long as they can feasibly, um, and I mean like beyond one season. Um, I think you're going to let him do what he's done and and change the squad around so much. You've got to give him time, um, and I'd, I mean realistically. You could go out in the summer and get, you know, the next manager who's available, who's, you know, a big name. And you're going to have to start that process all over again, and it's just like, well, what's the point? So I think with, with someone like Pochettino, you've got to buy into it being a long-term project um, and maybe take a bit of pain in the, in the early days. Now, don't get us wrong. If they're 18th in, in November, December, you may well get the, get the bullet. Um, yeah. But uh, I think they've got to accept that this is going to take time to build. Um their main striker has been injured, um, which I'm not saying would solve all their problems, because it wouldn't, mm. but uh, it's got to be better than hanging your hat on Nicholas Jackson, who um, gets gets in some great positions, but doesn't ever seem to score. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that he's uh, prolific with five and six, but that's five yellow cards and six games mm. rather than goals, <coughs> doesn't, doesn't bode well, does it? It doesn't, does it? <coughs> well, it's always going to be funny, um, except for Ryan and Suggs. Yeah. So sorry, <laughs> those two. Um, right, other games took place on Sunday. It was well, it was Super Sunday in many ways. Let's do um, Arsenal two, Tottenham two, um, which was a fun game. Um, there, was a, there was a lot went on. Um, Arsenal were ahead twice and were pegged back pretty quickly on both occasions. Um, I don't know where to start with this. Like, fair result? Probably, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I agree. It was a fun game. It's it's one of the few sort of derbies that, that always do tend to be, like, good fun games for the neutral. Quite often a derby can be a bit scrappy and, uh, you know, a bit boring for the neutral. But Arsenal Tottenham do always seem to produce good games. I thought Arsenal started the game really, really well, the much better team and deservedly took the lead. Um, I kind of, after, after they took that lead the first time, weirdly, I thought Tottenham then came back into the game a lot more and obviously got themselves an equaliser. And then in the second half, I thought Tottenham were 
probably the better team in that second half. I, I, I think they were very unlucky with the penalty. Um, I'd, I'd, it's one of those that, because the ball is going is going to go into the net, you kind of, I don't think you, you can't not give a penalty, but it's, it's when you when you see what some handballs are given for and some aren't, it, like if, if that was a cross uh, into the box the way it hit hit the hands, um, I'd, I'd have felt I'd have probably thought it wasn't a penalty, but I suppose a bounce play it probably was. But I've seen they they hit back straight away with a bit of an error from Jorginho. Just a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was in. I was impressed with Tottenham actually because I thought I thought they started really really poorly, um, and when when Arsenal took the lead, I just assumed that they would go on and, and win fairly comfortably. Then I I it was very unspursy the way they responded to that and to how the game was going. So, yeah, I'd say probably a fair result in the end. Yeah, they've um, <coughs> surpassed my expectations with Pot with um, Big Ange, shall we call him. Um, yeah, he's a. Uh, He's a very positive person. I think it shows in their play. Um, I think Spurs have always had this kind of like mentality where we are a massive club and you know and we're underachieving. I think it's sort of been like a, a millstone around the neck. Whereas I think he's gone in and he's been like, well, you know, maybe we're we're not quite there yet, but we could yeah. we could we could be if we do X, Y, and Z. Um, and so far they have done. Um, and this was. A really big test because they've, you know, they've battered like the likes of Burnley, um, which, with respect, you'd expect them to do to an extent. Um, mm-hmm. But this was a really big game for them, um, and they've stood up to it. And as you say, got stronger as it went on. Well, it didn't help for Arsenal that um, you know Rice went off, um, and not Jorginho mm-hmm. came on, who was is nowhere near the same type of player. Um, and I thought Havertz, who, came, who also came on, was was an act of hindrance again. Like, yeah, I, I just I don't get why they're still trying to shoehorn him into every position going. Like, yeah, he came on here and played like a centre mid, which it's never going to happen, never going to work. Come on, it's not just an odd signing. I, no, really, really odd. I, I, yeah, I I don't really get that, and I I, I agree. I think him coming on like actively hindered them and made them worse. Um, so yeah, yeah, bit of an odd on that. Also, what what are your thoughts on on the goalkeeper situation? Arsenal, what's going on at the moment? Because I've got mine, but I'll be interested mm. to what you think. <clears throat> well, I don't really rate Ramsdale that highly. I know a lot of people do, but I I, I don't really. Um, I think he's he's a bit Pickfordy in that like he he dives around like he's a, like a, a cat for no reason whatsoever. Like I think he's he's obviously you know quite good. Um, but I do think Rai is better. Um, he's better with his feet. He's, he's, he makes more saves. Um, he's just obviously it's not really a position that you thought needed upgrading. Um, but I think he will be better for them in the longer term. What, what's your thought? Um, yeah, exactly the same. To be honest. Oh, good, I, good. I, I, I don't rate Ramsdale at all. Like obviously he he's capable. He's a capable enough goalkeeper, but for me, he's he's kind of a, he, he perfected the Shay Given art of making a good save look borderline impossible <laughs> and a borderline impossible save like look like a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> he, 
he's he's very much a for the cameras goalkeeper, I think. And yes. I also think as well because uh, I, I know um, we talked you know, a few podcasts ago. Chris was very positive about Ramsdale. I I think he actually I think he made a number of mistakes that that really cost them last season. He he's, he's got a rick in him, and you kind of. Funny enough, you, the point you made there about was it necessarily a position that needed upgrading. I was I, don't, I watched I saw a clip from midweek on um, you know the the Champions League show where you've got Carragher, Mike Richards, oh, yes. yeah. yeah, and they were they were talking about it. Carragher was talking with uh, Peter Schmeichel about it, and he was saying that that for me it's it's like he Carragher's kind of looks at it as it's it, he's not brought him in. Not brought Ryan in to give added competition to Ramsdale. He's brought him in because he wants to improve on the goalkeeper position to give them a better chance of winning the league. And I mean, I don't think they will win the league. But like the Carragher said, Arsenal are not going to win a league with Aaron Ramsdale in goal. And I would fully agree with that. You're not yeah. going to win a league with him as your goalkeeper. Not necessarily will guarantee that you would do it with Raya. But I agree with that. I think Raya is, is on a level above Ramsdale, to be honest. Yeah, well, I certainly think so, but he hasn't really had a chance to prove it yet from playing at no. you know, Brentford for a long time, but I guess he'll get his chance now. Made a couple of really good saves yesterday. That surf from Johnson was obviously very good. Yeah. Um, don't think he had a chance with either goal, really. No. No, um, the, the, the Tottenham's first goal thought Madison did brilliantly, getting away from Saka on the left. Yeah, I thought it was quite ironic after Saka nicked a celebration and then Madison yeah. decided to run rings around him. Um, <laughs> when will footballers learn? <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, yeah. I saw a little, uh, brief little interview with Madison when he was, he, was, he was talking about that, saying that him and Saka had been, as he put it, had a bit of banter on England duty about the game coming up. Oh, great. Well, good to see rivalries are alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else happened on Sunday? We'll, we'll do um, Liverpool 3, West Ham 1 fairly quickly because it wasn't a massive surprise in the end. Uh, West Ham looked decent at the start of this. Yeah, from from what I saw. They, yeah, they, 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 yeah, pretty decent. Um, it's funny, obviously, yeah. You had two teams that had both played in Europe on, on Thursday, so it's not like one was fresher than the other. But Liverpool had a really, really good start to the season. Um, they're you know looking really, really good. West Ham have had a, also had a, a good start and you know made a decent start in the game. But sometimes you, you just come up against a team that's better than you. <laughs> There's not an awful. It's not necessarily something you've done wrong. Particular, you just. You, sometimes you just can't beat a team that's better than you and Darwin Nunes is starting to, to look like uh, the player that they maybe thought he was he's, you know, I, think, I think he's had a really good start to the season yes <clears throat> he's got uh, he's getting better every week isn't he um, which we've been waiting for him to really come to the party for a while well pure Liverpool fans have anyway and uh, <laughs> he was a handful he still had his token missing an easy chance but oh yeah but who, but who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the end, as you say, Liverpool proved their worth. Um, I think West Ham are going to be absolutely fine. Yeah. L- Liverpool are quite quietly going along nicely. Um, there was a lot of talk going, oh, it's going to be a disaster and they hadn't been great at the start of the season and then they seem to be just picking up result after result at the minute. Yeah, well, I mean, 
and obviously it's early days, so this could welcome back to bite me on the ass. But in the pre in the preview prediction show, I, I think I did have them as finishing seconds. Um, so I do I do think they're going to have a good season. I think they made some really good signings in the summer. Um, obviously, Nunes looks like he's he's getting better. They've got Diaz back to full fitness now. They've all they they start. I, I still think they've got issues defensively, which will cause them problems against the really really top teams in the league but they they look like they've been their attack in their midfield has been properly reinvigorated and they're, they're starting to look a lot more like sort of the the dominant cop liverpool team of, of yeah. three or four years ago yeah they're um starting to you know swat teams away again which they hadn't you know maybe got that habit a little bit last season at times but um sure they'll stir a test ahead for them than this um yeah uh, Brighton 3, Bournemouth 1. Um, again, not a huge surprise. In the end, Bournemouth gave it a good go, um, took the lead when Brighton basically dicked about at the back too much and, uh, <laughs> and gave it a go to Dom Solanke. Um, Matoma came off the bench at half-time. When it, actually, sorry, um, Brighton equalised just on the stroke of half-time with their own goal. Bought on Matoma, who did Matoma-y things, and uh, they won 3-1. He's excellent, really, isn't he? Like. Uh. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant footballer. The I shudder to think the amount of money they're going to get for him next summer. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he's someone that obviously last season was excellent. He looks like he's he started exactly the same way and you no know, getting even better. If that was at all possible, you you'd think it would. I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anyone to, to see him linked to the top clubs in the league come the summertime, but. Brighton, they just keep doing what they're doing. We we play Brighton on Saturday, and that'll be I think that at Villa Park. I think it's a half twelve kickoff. So, oh, that could be a good yeah, game. yeah, should be should be a good game. Like two two good teams in in good form going up against each other. But um, uh, they're they're joy to watch. I'm I'm, I'm hoping they they just have an off day on <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> well, they might. I suppose you never know your luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And that leaves us with one game to talk about. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Sheffield United no. Newcastle United eight. Um, eight different goal scorers, um, which is a Premier League record, unsurprisingly. Um, this was. I mean, don't be wrong. I, I was expected to win this game based on you know we are probably better than our league position shows, and Sheffield United. I don't think a very good full stop. Yeah. Um, but I didn't expect to win it nil, and I didn't expect to be, I didn't expect it to be this easy, um, because this for me for Sheffield United was a performance of a team who don't like their manager, don't want to be in the, don't want to be in the job any longer, um, and they just weren't up for it at all, um, which I think is quite a worrying thing at home. Um, I could well I could talk all day about how well Newcastle played, but I want you to go first. Um, how did you see it? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I obviously expected Newcastle to win this game. I, I didn't like yourself. I, I, did, I had no no way of thinking that it was going to be eight and, and certainly didn't expect it to be as easy. as And like you said, Sheffield United, really, really strange. When, when you think they, what, the other week, were so close to nicking a point off Man City at home. 
um, you kind of, you know, you looked at that game and they were scrappy, they were fighting around. I don't know if, if something has happened <laughs> that, 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 that we're not aware of over the last week or so at that football club because it was a really, really strange performance to see from a team. Like I, obviously, there's a massive difference in quality of those the two starting lineups. Like there's some very good players in that Newcastle team. There's some very poor players in that Sheffield United team. But this early on in the season, a performance like that, that would I'd, I'd be absolutely terrified if I was a Sheffield United fan for what the rest of the season's got in store. Because, I mean, that that that's a performance that still wouldn't be forgivable, but more understandable, say, come March, April time, when, you know, the writing's already on the wall and the players have just given up. But six games into the season, to lose 8-0 at home to a team that, as good as Newcastle are, haven't had the greatest start to the season in terms of results, That's that would be a massive worry for me. Yeah, well, I'll be. It has uh, like Scott Parker, Bournemouth vibes for me. Last season when they obviously mm. got beat nine 0 Liverpool, um, they, they were just so poor. Like I say, Newcastle did did well to let's say break their resolve early on, where you know we, we got the first goal. But the, I don't know if you thought anything about the first goal with handball or not. Or? Um, I I was surprised that it was given if I'm being brutally honest I think it's he's not deliberately handled the ball obviously but he it has hit his hands which has stopped the ball you know getting away from him or going out of play and allowed him to then square it to long stuff so I, I was surprised at that but I think I think only the most blindly partisan Sheffield United fan could try and claim that that first goal <laughs> led to the full game. So, you know, the way the rest of the game went suggested that it was always going to be a comfortable victory for Newcastle. So, you know, whether it should have been given or not, I think it's a fairly moot point. So when yeah. the final results are 8-0. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's, that's it. I was surprised sort of how little they complained about it, which again goes back to what I was saying before. Where I, I just, mm. I, don't, I, I don't think they wanted to be there. That's what it felt like. I mean, I said this to some of my friends in, a, in, a, in our WhatsApp group. Like, I think it was at four 0 I said this could be eight or nine because we were we were rampant and they just couldn't be bothered. They weren't getting anywhere near us. They weren't closing us down. They weren't pressing the ball. They weren't defending particularly well. Um, I was surprised because normally, you know, newly promoted clubs at home Sunday afternoon game, you'd expect you know they're going to be at us and they're going to make it difficult for us. Much like they were, as you said, against Man City. Um, absolutely none of that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's what I mean. When you, you look, looking at the the last couple of results before this game, so they where are we now? So obviously last week they had that you know late late defeat at Tottenham, where they put in a decent you know decent ish argument performance. You know, they came very close to, to taking all three points there the week before. It's a two-two draw against Everton, where where again they they look like there's something about them. So I, I just I find it really really strange how they've gone from from those two games to putting in such a insipid performance like that. Like some something has doesn't add up with that. No, <clears throat> I find it very odd, but I'm sure we'll find out because there was rumours last week that he was going to be replaced by Chris Wilder. 
Um, yes. Which I thought a lot of people sort of just dismissed, which you know you would. Chris Wilder hasn't been anywhere near anything for a while, <laughs> um, so it would be a surprise. But uh, either way, he presumably must have talked about his job. I would think <laughs> uh, following this one. Um, last word on Newcastle. Um, obviously, Anthony Gordon has gone from being sort of like the black sheep of our attack mm-hmm. to being probably the first and the first name on the team sheet in terms of, you know, we tend to rotate between Wilson and Isaac. Um, yeah. Almiron is kind of good in patches and hasn't really been for a little while. Um, whereas Gordon's been, you know, Mr. Reliable this season. Um, that under 21 euros in the summer did him the world of good. Um, yeah. Got his confidence back. He had about two days off, came to pre-season with us, got into the team and now, as I say, is pretty much unopposed now because Harvey Barnes has hurt a toe or a metatarsal or something along those lines. So, um. Yeah, I mean, to be, to be fair, so when when he was sort of first breaking in at Everton, I, I, I did quite like the look of him, to be fair. I actually thought he looks like a decent young player. And then obviously, kind of, I, I think the aborted move to Chelsea didn't help with obviously his relationship with the Everton fans and I don't think it, it did him any favours with, you know, in terms of his own personal performance and obviously you spend a lot of money on him in January, which I think raised a lot of eyebrows, including ours on this podcast. <laughs> he, he don't think he, he had a great real first six months in charge uh, at, at your club, but no, you're right. The, the Euros, in the summer, he had a really, really good tournament, big part of England's winning that. And he, yeah, he's come on and, and had a really good start of the season. Still like to see him stop diving. Um, you know, he, he, he threw a classic Gordon dive to try and win a penalty, which I thought was a little bit, you know, stop, stop, he's already dead. So there was no need to <laughs> that at that stage. I, like, I, I would like to, to see him cut that out of his game because... That is always going to make you unpopular with people, but yeah. in terms of his performances on the pitch, he, he's had a very good seat start to the season. Well, he's on four yellows as well, so he wants to be careful. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, a return to form for Newcastle after uh, a difficult few weeks, edging past Brentford last week, going to Milan and getting a point and then finishing off with this. Um, will do nicely. Just a, a, a question for you. So, just as you uh, brought up there, with your, the rotation of Wilson and Isaac. What do you make of that? Do you, because I, I saw, though, obviously, um, I just caught a little snippet of their interview on Sky with, with Callum Wilson after the game. And obviously he was dropped for the Milan game in midweek, and which, you know, would would have been disappointing for him. Do you think, I don't mean, I get you need to, to rotate, but do you think that as the season goes on, they will try and find a way to get the two of them on the pitch with these wide left. Do you think they'll keep rotating them for the middle? Um, I think with Callum Wilson, uh, Eddie Howe knows him better than anybody, and I think he knows that playing him twice a week is asking for trouble. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, I think it's quite easy to swap them out and say, well, we're managing his fitness, because obviously if he gets injured for two, three months, which can happen, that's about twenty games now. So. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of the squad kind of understand that there's two players for a lot of positions and there's going to be some swapping around. Um, I mean, he's a striker. I think he'd obviously say, I'd, I'd like to play every single game. 
Um, but I think even he must know deep down that his body can't do it. It's, it's been proven time and time again that he's, he's uh, I don't know if I say injury prone because that's probably not fair because the injuries he gets aren't necessarily, you know, like yeah. little hamstrings here and there. He breaks a foot or he, <laughs> yeah. or, or, you know, he has, I'm not sure he's had an ACL at some point in his career. He's had a few injuries anyway. Um, Shame, I, I mean, I, I really like him. We on the the, the Villa podcast that we were doing last weekend, we were talking about like, some of the chances that Arnie Watkins was missing uh, in, when we beat Palace. And I kind of I said on that, I said for me, though, there's a reason why Callum Wilson, I think, gets caught up into that England squad more often than Watkins does because he's so he's just so clinical. He's such mm. a good goal scorer. Yeah, he. Um... He's he's excellent and he's uh, he's really his game's kind of evolved as well because obviously you know a lot of strikers come through and they, you know they run the channels and you know they're quick and they do this that and the other and he's I wouldn't say adapted his game but he's a lot more as we say streetwise now where mm. good at holding the ball up as well uh, which which Isaac isn't really so um, yeah. there's certain games like no offense to yourself but against Villa playing Isaac in that game made a lot of sense because he could run in behind and. You know, generally was very good at it. Um, in a lot of games where the defence is sitting deep, I'd actually almost I would rather play Wilson. Um, and in terms of getting them both on the pitch at the same time, well, Isaac can play wide left, but I mean that, that's Gordon's best position clearly. So yeah. can't imagine there'd be any any hurry to do that. Um, you did go through a phase of playing Isaac behind him. Uh, it's like a, almost a ten. Um, which is decent, but it, you need to have um, all the athletic midfielders available um, in, in order to sort of make up for the shortcoming in the middle of the park. So you need other personnel like Joe Linton to be available for that. He's not been right for a little while now, so he's and Joe Willock as well. The, the pair of them are still out, so it's an option. I wish we had a, a cup game against somebody, <laughs> somebody terrible, but instead we've got to play Man City. Um, I hope, well, I, I know we'll try and obviously win the game. Um, Pep said that, I mean, the way it works out, I kind of remember a few years ago, Liverpool had this problem where they had to be in Brazil on, like, the Tuesday and they had to play a Carabao Cup game on the Wednesday. So they ended up playing their children with their assistant manager. Yeah, against uh, Villa, yeah, actually. Against it? Villa, yeah. yeah. It was against us. Yeah. And we, we ended up getting to the, the final of the Cup that year. Yeah. So I think Pep will have a similar problem the way the calendar works out so yeah. I kind of hope he just goes you know what for us this year there's no point yeah <laughs> but, but I don't think he will <laughs> no that's, I, that doesn't seem to be in Pep's nights does it well the, they've probably spent all their transfer budget on building some sort of cloning device so rather than have to <laughs> rather than have to make the choice they can just clone Erling Haaland um, and sign him to the youth team because his age is actually like three hours <laughs> So, so it's it's all perfectly legal. I'll try and prove them wrong. <laughs> and as we know, it's it's difficult to prove that Man City have done anything wrong in the court. Well, <laughs> their lawyers are all like savages. Like they they'll know. <laughs> well, tell me where in the rulebook it says we can't clone our players and age and age them. <laughs> like ah, I suppose you're right there. <laughs> yeah, you didn't say we can't do that. <laughs> So yeah, that's something to look forward to. The days. Uh, hang on. Oh no, we're good. Me, me recorder said it wasn't responding. So if anyone's lost the last twenty seconds of this, 
very highbrow discussion. <laughs> Apologies. Um, right, let's wrap up there because uh, my voice has given up. We will be back next week, I'm sure. Um, there's some great games next weekend. Um, an awful lot of them on Saturday. Have you seen this? What, what's going on here? Uh, oh, oh okay. I put there's only one on Sunday. And it's Nottingham Forest through Brentford, so... Oh, right. Hmm. Uh, oh, so, you know... Oh, well, you got Fulham-Chelsea the Monday night football as well. I suppose so. So, you know, yeah. you give with one hand, you take away with the other. <laughs> you to, yeah, you are, there, are, there are some good games, actually. Tottenham-Liverpool, Villa-Brighton. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Wolves... It's good fun. Wolves-Man City. Man United yeah. v Palace, right? Get this. It's on on the telly tomorrow night. And the Carabao Cup, and it's on again on Saturday, but not on TV. So, if you really would, know, I, record I, Tuesday night's game and watch it three o'clock on Saturday, and just see if the same. I I couldn't believe when I saw that. I mean, I knew the Newcastle Man City game was going to be shown. Obviously, that makes sense. Why the fuck have they chosen? I'm I'm sure there were better ties that they could have shown than Man United against fucking Crystal Palace. I mean, I, I was looking at the list here. I would have watched Chelsea v Brighton quite happily. Yeah. Lincoln v West Ham, the old David Goliath. Yeah. Um, Villa Everton even would have been a laugh. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Liverpool Leicester would have been watchable, probably. Um, basically, anything's better than this. Yeah, I'm sure this Arsenal Brentford, I think, is one of the ties, maybe. Uh, where's that at? Oh, there it is, Brentford v Arsenal. That would have been good. Why is that at yeah. all? That's what I mean. Like, it just, it's. I mean, we know why. It's because fucking half the pundits are ex-Man United players and the session uh, Man United. But I mean, honestly, I could not think of a more boring game of football. Is, is that the one that's on tomorrow night? Yeah, I suppose the problem is that um, like Newcastle Man City has to be on Wednesday because we played on Sunday. Yeah. And I suppose Arsenal have the same problem. So they couldn't put them all on. But, but I mean, well, I mean, Man United and, um, against Crystal Palace, all I'm going to say is, you can beat it. You're competing with the uh, start of the new series of the Bake Off, lads. So, is that tomorrow? Is it? It certainly is. Well, I think Newell Fielding will win one nil. <laughs> <laughs> Who presents it with him now? Uh, it's Alison Birmingham's finest, Alison Hammond. Oh, Alison Hammond. She, she's all right. I don't mind her. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. Don't want to. Wouldn't want to live with her, but I don't mind. Oh God, no! Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind being on telly for an hour or so. That'll do fine. Right. Uh, I think this is the time to stop now, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> I think so. Right. Where can people find you to discuss Villa or the Bake Off? <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. The next twelve weeks, there is going to be a lot of Bake Off tweets. Just to let you all know. So um, yeah, it's on it's on Twitter at Regan and for Villa fans, the Holtcast podcast. We've actually got lined up. We confirmed. We're just trying to get a date sorted. Uh, podcast interview with Nigel Rio Coker. Do, do, be, do. Exactly, the very same. So that should be interesting. And we're, it's not confirmed, but there's a possibility. I, I won't give the name yet, but of a, a former Aston Villa manager that we might be doing an interview with as well. Well, I so, for one can't uh, yeah. wait to hear from Dr. Joseph Engloss. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. I, actually, I, I would genuinely would to talk to it. But uh, anyway, that's... <laughs> That's uh, the Holtcast podcast and the website for that is 7500 Wonderful, thank you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CM9798 um, and the company website is CM9798.co.uk 
Uh, you can find the show on Twitter slash X uh, at Man on the Post, and you can find us on all your favourite podcast listening devices. My voice is going very Barry White, so I'll leave you with this great message: Leave all the snakes alone. And <laughs> we'll see you next week. Always remember to keep your man on the post.